and welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, presented by JewishCoffeeHouse.com. Nice Jewish Fangirls is a podcast where three Orthodox women discuss all of the wonderful geeky things that we are obsessed with. My name is Michal Shek, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, S.M. Rosenberg. Hello. And Tamar Herman. Hi. So today, given recent news, I mean, there's so much to talk about in recent news, um, some of it good, some of it bad, but we're going to focus on some of the, like, things that people have mixed feelings on, which are uh, reboots and remakes of things that have have only recently been <laughs> rebooted and remade or made in the first place. But first, we have one order of business, which is to announce the winner of our t-shirt contest from New York Comic Con, um, and... Weep if you did not leave us an iTunes review because you weren't entered to win. <laughs> but if you did leave us an iTunes review, you were entered to win, and we are really, really happy to say that we have uh, selected randomly, of course, um, Hadassah Leia, who left us a review on June 26th. And she said it was a, that we are a fun and informative podcast with resources, tidbits, and pop culture insight from a Jewish perspective. I love hearing more Jewish women in my media, so this podcast is great. And I'm just, like, shepping right now. Totally shipping Nachas. So Hadassalea, if you're listening, please email us at nicejewishfangirls at gmail.com with your address and we will send your shirt to you. Congratulations. Yay! Woo! All right, so now it is on to our current obsessions. Uh, and I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm obsessed this week with a YouTube slash internet personality, I guess I would call her. Um, called Kitten Lady. What? And, <laughs> uh, and she, she is the type of video that, like, popped into my, like, suggested, uh, YouTube videos, and at a certain point I started watching them, and then I subscribed to her, and then I followed her on Instagram, and, you know, now, now I'm, I'm just thoroughly obsessed. But she's basically a kitten rescuer who lives in D.C., um, with her kitten rescuer boyfriend, and they rescue kittens. And, what uh, couple goals? Yeah, seriously. I mean, they're both like it's really funny because they're both like covered in tattoos and like very. Don't judge. Oh, I'm not. I'm not at all judging. It's just interesting to see like the the, the kind of like contrast in images, like the what what we would perceive as like very tough looking people, and like they take care of kittens and they're vegan and like it's really funny. Um, but they're like, first of all, there are adorable kittens all over their Instagram because they like foster like two or three kittens at a time and you get to watch them grow up from like teeny tiny little like palm sized babies to like real kittens and then they adopt them out. Um, and, uh, they're also really informative and like, I, I know my neighborhood has a kitten problem, so I haven't like actually started to do anything about that yet but it's definitely like on my mind that I should like try and get involved somehow so I really if you like if you don't like cats then you probably won't like this <laughs> this YouTube channel um but if you do check out Kitten Lady because I have have enjoyed a lot of watching her including a paralyzed kitten named Chloe who she had a long journey with it was Really sad and beautiful. <laughs> well, tomorrow, what's your current obsession? Uh, my current obsession is Thor Ragnarok because I just oh, saw this I was week. Do that one. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was going to be like, oh, I won't say any spoilers because I don't know if anybody saw it. Yeah, but uh, well, you can also jump on it. Um, th- we can share a current obsession this week. Um, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I can. I can participate in this discussion. Yay. Um, so yeah, so I th- saw it this week. Um, I really liked it. I'm not a huge Thor fan because I didn't particularly enjoy the first two movies. Like I felt like they had a totally different tone. I didn't even plot. see them. They were good, but like I mean, like I, I mean, like I think I wanted to see them because they like led into the other movies. I wasn't seeing them because like I love Thor and I enjoy Thor. Like I enjoyed Thor's character in the Avenger films, but I felt like he was a totally different character in the Thor movies. And this movie kind of like fixed that really well. I felt and, like he was like. Ten times more badass in this, like the beginning of this movie. I'm like, whoa! Thor was never this cool in Avengers. You know, like Thor was so much more competent in this movie than he was in Avengers. I mean, it tends to happen with ensemble movies because you have to make room for everybody else, so you kind of, you know, make each individual character less awesome. 
But yeah, so I saw Thor Ragnarok and I really liked it. Yeah, yeah it's I, I've from what I've heard, it's very different from the other two. Um, it that is. It you, is in, in completely different. And taking itself, not taking itself seriously at all. Um, and it's just, it's just a total goof fest and it's amazing. And the, once I, I, I uh, looked up and I realized that the director, um, was the same director as, um, these couple of movies that I've seen called the hunt for the wilder people and, um, what we do in the shadows, which is a hilarious vampire, um, fake documentary, um, where the director, um, I've, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm probably mispronouncing it, but his name is Taika Waititi, and he is um, Maori and also apparently Jewish, but he doesn't claim his ancestry that much. He identifies much more um, culturally as Maori than as Jewish, but... His mom is Jewish, though. She's like a Russian Jew. Yeah. And he, for a while, he actually yeah. credited himself as um, Taika Cohen, or, yeah, yeah, which I think I is amazing. Also. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, once I, f- I realized that that was who it was, the, the tone and the goofiness and the humor made perfect sense. And like, I want to see it again. And there's, there's just so many, like, I don't even remember most of the jokes, which is great because when I see it again, it'll be really fresh because like, there are just so many one-liners that you can't possibly remember everything. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's going to be very, um, rewatchable. And I've been trying to get my parents to see it because um, I, I think that they would have a great time. And it's that kind of movie that, like, you can recommend it to pretty much everybody of all ages. And it feels like there's something there for everyone. Yeah, as a Marvel fan, I have to say, um, and, and as somebody who uh, loves Loki, <laughs> mostly thanks to the first Thor movie, I have to say that uh, they weren't very good, the first two. <laughs> um at all, <laughs> especially did the you see, Did you see that? Yeah. Did you see that sci-fi piece I tweeted the other day about Loki's character development? Yes, versus I meant in to this read that. Versus, I haven't read it yet. It was. It wasn't like super in depth, but it was really on point about what the first two movies got wrong about Loki, and but like and why like the relationship of Thor and Loki in this movie kind of like made more sense. Like. And even, like, with Bruce, like, Loki, like, was scared, but he wasn't, like, ready to pounce on him and, like, attack him, which, like, was my first thought, like, oh, this is going to end badly. And then I was just like, wait, no, this makes sense. And they kind of fixed. I mean, it made more sense in this movie. I guess I don't want to say any spoilers, but I liked how they kind of redirected each of their roles. Like, we know that, like, we know that Thor is a god of thunder. But in this movie, we know he's a god of thunder. Like, yeah, like what does it really mean? What exactly are his powers? Like a lot of t- a lot of times, superhero powers are very vague. Um, like I've noticed this a lot in Marvel stuff. Like Jessica Jones's powers are never spelled out. Like exactly what what can she do? And like what can Thor do? Well, what does it Jessica's mean? Jessica's just super strong. That's that's all. <laughs> yeah, but like the the limits of her powers are like really not delineated at all. Um. And like there, are, I've I've noticed this, and like it, it it pops up every so often, and like I, yeah. So I just, I I like that I got a better sense of what Thor's capable of from this movie. Yeah, I will say the most interesting thing for me was that it was kind of both making fun of the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe thing, but also mm. really reverent of it. Like it incorporated so many like even small details. Um, that I was, I was really surprised, but yeah, definitely, definitely go see it. It's, I, I, I'm, I'm pleased for it that it's kind of the, the movie that people are talking about because I think, I think Thor deserves it because Chris Hemsworth also has amazing comic timing and it's not oh, something he's so gotten funny. to like, yeah, <laughs> he, he hasn't gotten to play that up a lot. So good on him. And Tom Hiddleston too. I don't think he's done a lot of comedy and he, he really pulled it off. But yeah, so SMD. Yeah, I kind of hope that they do like a, a Captain America movie in this sort of vein because like Chris Evans is hilarious in his career prior to Captain America um, that I kept up with was 
just lots and lots of comedies and I really enjoyed them. And I was, you know, I was excited when he became Captain America, but I was also slightly bummed because I knew that Captain America is not super funny, you know, so he wouldn't really have a chance to do that. So I kind of, you know, hope that Marvel eventually does some kind of Captain America where Chris Evans gets to be kind of goofy like this. I just want like an audio recording of him reading his tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what about what about your obsession, SM? My obsession. So the hunt for the wilder people. I, uh, I, we actually we we bought it a while ago because it had been recommended by my uh, one of my aunts, and so my mom bought it and watched it with um, with me and one of my younger siblings. But like, I fell asleep halfway through because I was really exhausted that day, and but I remembered really enjoying the the beginning of it and like it was you know really you know funny and strange in like an an unusual way but very much rooted in um the thing was set in New Zealand and it was just it was very much a a feeling of entering a, a different lifestyle um but also with these amazing characters and this hilarious kind of comic timing and it's about a, a little boy who is, you know, deemed a bad egg by, you know, um, by the foster system. And, you know, then he's finally uh, placed with this family and the um, the mother is like she's amazing and she's and, and she's not like your typical, you know, warm and nurturing and wonderful mother. Like there's this great uh, scene where she, where they go out hunting and she like slashes a pig to bits and he faints, you know, but like she totally wins over this kid and, you know, and you really, you know, you see them bonding and everything. And then something happens and she's no longer in the picture and he has to, to make do with her husband who like never really connected with the, with the kid in the same way. And like, and then they go off on crazy crazy adventures um and they end up being the, the subjects of like this national manhunt um because they're lost in the woods and well they're not lost but um they're hiding in the woods from the authorities for like months on end um and this is, this is just like the the wackiest you know premise for a movie but um it's just so funny and the kid is so adorable and hilarious and i i i recommend it and you you can see when you watch it, you know, and you realize it's the same director as Thor. You're like, this makes sense. This makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Yeah, he definitely he also, has a sensibility. He also played Korg in the movie. What? Yeah, and he plays he plays a minister in this movie. Like he's he's giving he's an actor a, a eulogy at a funeral, and like yeah, it's so it, it's funny and awkward, and yeah, and in what we do in the shadows, he plays like one of the main characters. Um, That's which I also recommend. I think yeah. that might be a first, a, a director playing a CGI character in their own movie. Um, I don't know if that's the first, but I do think it's the first Marvel movie to be directed by somebody who's acting in the movie, like as an actual character rather than just like a quick cameo or something. Yeah. I mean, I think Peter Jackson was like one of the orcs or something. I don't know. He was, a, <laughs> he was a, um, I think a, a Southern man, but I think it was in the, uh, deleted scenes. Yeah, I don't know. I have a very strong <laughs> image of him in my head as that in that role, but I mean, I'm he not could just sure. be a hot. They wouldn't even need to do any like makeup or anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to move on to our main topic, which is the the re 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 rebooting of Hollywood and geekdom and our society. We should do a nice Jewish fan girls reboot. It'll be even more exciting. <laughs> Better CGI. Reboot ourselves. Um, yeah, but this is really inspired by the recent news that um, Amazon has purchased the rights to The Lord of the Rings for a reported $200 million, which is a lot of money. Um, and, uh, I thought it was inspired by the Lion King casting. No, no. I don't think so at all. I mean, we could talk about The Lion King for sure. That's that's definitely worth mentioning. But I don't think, but I don't, 
it's more, I mean, if anything, it's, it's in general, the sense of nostalgia that people are feeling right now, but also that it's a surefire story that people will tune into. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, mean, if I'm, everyone, several years. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken and I totally could be, um, they haven't actually said that this is going to be like the Lord of, Lord the, of the Rings proper. It's going to be like a prequel. I'm hoping for Silmarillion. They won't do it, but I hope for yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it might be kind of like what they said with, like, um, apparently they, they purchased, like, the rights to, like, Name of the Wind, but they're not making the actual books. They're making some kind of prequel set in that universe. Thank God. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't Name know. of the Wind is having... Name of the Wind's deal is, like, insane. Like, they're getting games and books and movies. I'm sorry, games and TV shows and movies because Patrick Rothfuss can't finish a third book, but he can make the most insane legal deals ever. So good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me when it's George R. R. Martin and you've been waiting for the book for 10 years. (laughs) Um, I don't know if any of you saw the other day, but I got into like a discussion with a bunch of like editors on uh, Twitter because there's a bunch of editors who are really big K-pop fans and it's actually very fascinating and I kind of want to cover that. Um, But like somehow we got into a conversation about how every single like fantasy series at this point, like George R. R. Martin and Patrick Rothfuss and like a few others are just going to end up being written by Brandon Sanderson when they all die. <laughs> We're like he'll finish, he'll finish them. Like, Brandon Sanderson has to stay has to stay healthy and you know and productive and like everything and else will be fine because he will, he will write them all. Well, anyway, uh, returning to reboots, how how do you guys feel about the Lord of the Rings in general? Like, I know I know a lot of people were like not happy about it. Um, there was a, a wide range of reactions, I think. Um, I'm kind of a little bit neutral myself because I I loved the Lord of the Rings movies when they came out, but kind of never really got back into that fandom um, because it's so dense. And, and to be honest with you, the movies are a tiny bit silly in places. Um, yeah, how did you guys feel? I mean, I'm not super invested in the Lord of the Rings fandom. Like, I've n- never, you know... Like, I know that the books are not the kind of books that I enjoy, so, like, I've never made any, like, serious effort to actually read them. Um, And I enjoyed the movies, for sure. Um, But, yeah, they're not the kind that I, you know, revisit often. And, like, you know, if you have a movie night with friends, like, do you rewatch Lord of the Rings or do you watch something else? It's almost always something else. Um, Yeah, so... Like, we don't have the same friends. <laughs> if we make yeah. a good show, let's eat, you know? Uh, like, if if it's not great, it's not like they ruined anything for me. Um, well, I have a totally opposite opinion on this one. Um, <laughs> good, good. One of my, like, one of, like, my, the first time is, like, I got into, like, fandom activity online. Like, I first, like, really heard about fanfic was through Lord of the Rings, I think. Um, I'm a big fan. I've read the books themselves multiple times i'm not a huge hobbit fan and i've actually this is like super embarrassing because i do know the story and i do like it but i've never finished the summer really and i really want to do that this year um it's just like this the writing style isn't really a straightforward story i mean tokens writing style is really dense in general so just imagine the density of lord of the rings and then like quadruple that and that's what the summer is yeah i've and, never even tried but i think but I also think that because of that, that leads for potential for a really good TV series where, like, you have the story that needs to be followed, but you don't have, like, the dialogue or any of the details. So it it really gives the showrunners a free hand to get from point A to point B. And you know you have to do it point A to point B, but you can fill it up or you can skip over it pretty quickly and just, like, do what you want to do with the storytelling. So that's why I'm... I'm still waiting for the news announcement, but I also I also just feel like everybody was just like, of all the fantasy series in the world to remake, like, you really don't need to touch more token right now. Like, it's been barely, a, like, five years since, I don't even think the last Hobbit movie came out five years ago. And honestly, I haven't seen <laughs> the Hobbit movies. I saw the second one because my friend wanted to go see it in movie theater, and I was like, okay, I've read the book. But you had one book, and you turned it into three movies. That's ridiculous. I honestly would have rather three movies for each of the Lord of the Rings books because they skip so much. But The Hobbit wasn't super dense. Like, it's people read it as, like, a kid's book or, like, one of the first young fantasy series, the books that people read, like, because it's, it's relatively straightforward and not dense. And, like, it's, you know, like, fun dragon hunting. Um, 
So, and like tricksters and stuff. So, I mean, I think like it's kind of unnecessary, but if it, if it is a prequel that's really well done, I'll appreciate it. But at the same time, I also feel like, why do you need to pick token? Like pick something else. Like I know that token has name brand power, but like game of Thrones, like people knew George R. R. Martin for game for like song of ice and fire, but it was really like not mainstream at all. Like it was fantasy. People knew it and token. Everybody knows. Yeah. But you could also pick, I don't know, Sanderson or somebody or anybody else other than token. Like, I want a Verkosikin miniseries. Like, I, I, I want I want a whole I, series, you know, but they have to cast the right people, and I don't really trust anybody. <laughs> right. So, I, I mean, yeah, I want Verkosikin also, but, like, I feel like Token, like, they're just kind of relying on the fact that the movie's made so much money. So, like, we can invest in this and make tons of money also. And also, it's, like, interesting to me because Token's son, who was not such a fan of the movies from what I hear was like sort of on board with this contract, but now he's totally like just bowing out of all things like that have to do with the future of the token estate. So like like 93. So no, no, no. I mean, it makes sense, but it's like interesting that like his final act as like representative of the token estate was, I'm going to sign a TV deal. Like I was just like, wow, you're, I mean like your grandkids, great grandkids probably already don't need to ever work a day in their lives, but like good for you. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm just torn because, like, I see the potential. I don't see the point of why we need it. Right. Well, I mean, I feel like that's, like, a lot of reboots are, like, you know, like, the reboot that no one asked for. But, like, a lot of the times they turn out to be fun and they add they add more to, you know, to the whole universe. Sometimes not, you know. But, like, I don't know. I'm not going to write it off just because, like, no one asked for it because that happens all the time. Yeah, but I just don't know necessarily, like, is this the thing we need in 2017? Like I'm saying, like, we don't need any of it, you know? I would I would like, you know, more original stories, you know? But, like, the last, like, I remember, you know, Inception being such a huge deal because it was, like, the one movie that year that wasn't a reboot of anything, you know? And, like, it was an original screenplay, an original story, Um and like that doesn't make it automatically awesome, but it's like at least it's something different. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I, like I if think... we're going to reboot stuff, you know, at least they're rebooting, you know, decent things. I don't know. So I I actually did an article um, with my boss at Hypable, and his his thesis was basically that these streaming properties are looking for a big fantasy thing to. Um, to to focus basically their streaming service and to to attract a lot of fans. Um, so you know he he was like, well, Amazon has you know they have Transparent, they have uh, Man in the High Castle, but they don't have like that big recognizable thing. Well, Transparent's pretty recognizable, but right now it, they need something else as of this week. So there right. you go. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, but I mean, it, also just in terms of genre, like Transparent is not attracting the same audience that they want for, you know, an epic fantasy. Right. And it's interesting because Man in the High Castle has, I believe, had like panels at Comic-Con and they, they have a presence. But I guess, again, it's not that kind of instant, nobody needs to think about it, recognizability. So, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of sympathetic to that idea because I, I do think that it's a theme that people have been looking at. And I'm actually a little bit interested that it hasn't happened earlier because I thought when Game of Thrones started getting really popular that that everybody was going to be on this fantasy train and it's been a much slower trickle than I imagined it would be like we have like Shannara on what is it like MTV or something but that's that's it um well that was horrible too I mean yeah (laughs) yeah I think it's still going though right like they didn't cancel it I saw, I saw big posters at Comic-Con, so I assume it's still happening. Right. Um, I do believe it is still happening. I mean, I don't... I mean, I read the book... I know like nothing before. about it other than posters. I read the book right before it came out because I was in Miami and didn't have any books and went to CBS, and that's what they had that was, like, remotely interesting and, like, none of the trashy romance novels were good enough for me. Um, <laughs> so... I yeah so I picked it up and it was like total garbage like I did not want to read it and it was really really like I don't understand how it a is so popular and b like 
I know I'm super critical. It was not a good fantasy book. And like, I couldn't, I had to keep on Wikipediaing things. And like, I was just lucky that I was sitting on a beach reading it instead of on Shabbos because I didn't understand what the story was about. And it wasn't like a, you'll find it on another book. It's like, you're assuming that I understand what you're describing when you're not saying anything. So I was really frustrated by it. And then the TV show, I don't, I, I didn't even bother honestly. Cause like I was so disappointed with the book. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that, so, I mean, Sometimes. I think that that's mm. why, like, to, to me, that's kind of the, the focus of it, like, and I, and I think, you know, my, my boss and I kind of extrapolated that to mean that, like, there's definitely going to be a Harry Potter <laughs> reboot, um, much sooner maybe than we thought. Um, I hope guys, so. Yeah. I mean, I've been waiting. I mean, the thing is, like, when... Sometimes when the the source material is bad, and I'm not saying like Harry Potter source material, but I'm saying like like you were saying with Shannara and like with the Harry Potter movies, when when the when the original is bad, then there's so much room for improvement, you know. Um, and so sometimes like when I, you know, when I hear that like they're making a movie of, I don't know, this dystopian novel, you know, that I didn't think was particularly well written, but I think that, you know, there's cinematic potential there because like they can get rid of certain things, you know, and they can, and they can, uh, they can focus on the, the more cinematic elements and, you know, and less on the cliches and all that sort of thing. So like the maze runner, I think was a much better movie than it was a book because the writing style in the book was just really blah. And the characterization was really blah, but they cast good actors and they made it really atmospheric in ways that the, that the writer just couldn't. Um, and I didn't see the second one. I heard it was terrible, but the first one was decent, you know, and like, sometimes you can, you can feel like this has potential to be a much better movie than it does have to be a book, which, um, kind of goes against a lot of the, you know, the conventional feeling is that, you know, the movie is never as good as the book, but sometimes it is when the book isn't actually good. Um, I feel like uh, Cassandra Clare's series, the movie was really, 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 really horrible because they tried to make it too attractive to mainstream viewers who weren't as familiar with the complex world that she's kind of built, which isn't very complex at all. They just kind of like dumbed a lot of things down and the movie ended up, even though it had a pretty good cast, ended up being like, pretty horrible i haven't watched the tv show because my favorite character is clearly miscast and i'm very disappointed so i'm not supporting it at all um but i hear pretty good things and people seem to like it but it's not the book readers who necessarily like it it's like the teeny bopper ya fans um which is good but i think i think you're right that it like needs you need like the right people to be in charge of adaptations like I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but Game of Thrones this last season, I don't, I don't know if I've seen it. Um, I haven't. Was so much like worse than previous seasons, seasons because they like didn't know what they were doing because they had to come up with it because George R. R. Martin clearly didn't tell them enough about this season. Um, and I really just felt like the writing was suffering in a way that it didn't in previous seasons, and like the plot development was a little bit more like mainstreamy. Well, but, Game of Thrones has been suffering for a long time, in my opinion. Like, since basically since they struck out on their own, it's been very, very touch and go. And you can tell a lot that, like, they don't really know how to get there. They were just given certain plot points. We're like, here, this happens. And, like, the chain of logic that leads to that is uh, tenuous at best and sometimes non-existent. Uh, and that was that yeah. was really present this season. I think also season five was a Agreed. horrific example of the well, season five sucked. <laughs> well, that was also because they also didn't have the book material. So, like, I, I honestly think, like, they're really suffering because they're clearly good at adapters, but they're not good writers. Yeah. I mean, it's also very strong source material. Like, it's it's it almost does its own work. Like, if you include enough of the right elements, then Game of Thrones it, it, it does itself, you know? Yeah, um, which but I, I mean, like... Why it it got you know so... don't discount the fact that you know you have to recognize as a person adapting it you have to recognize the good elements because like the Harry Potter movies you know they had so much good stuff to draw on and they decided to cut out like a lot of the times they made just terrible choices in what to include and what not to include um, and what to add in like for no reason. Well, so let's talk about Harry Potter because I think the interesting thing about that is 
you know, both Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings were, were made, were adapted um, kind of before the golden age of television that we are, are now right. told that we're living in. And, I mean, you know, I, I do think we all owe Game of Thrones a, a debt of gratitude for it being, uh, it opening people's eyes, I think, to the potential of not serialized television, because that was, that was happening before, obviously, but, but serialized television as a way to adapt monstrous fantasy novels that people had previously been like, let's boil this down into a movie, you know? Um, and I mean, I, I haven't seen the Harry Potter movies, uh, as I, I think I've said here before, um, cause I've heard too many bad things about them and don't want my image it's of so, the books. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, so, so I am kind of torn on the idea. Like I'm so, I'm so not used to seeing an adaptation of Harry Potter that I'm sort of like, no, I don't want it at all. But, but at the same time, you know, if it were done right in a like slow and careful story that really understood the emotional underpinnings, um, that are going on and the thematic ideas, I, I mean, maybe. So I think I never... one of the main things I think one of the main things that you know the movies just did not focus on and did not develop well was um you know the central friendship between Harry Ron and Hermione you know like that is a core thing you know that keeps you invested and interested and entertained in in the books you know and just like they completely glossed over it and it's just you know three kids who just kind of go through the motions of being friends but like you don't really feel the bonds of friendship you know, and like maybe that's the acting, but really a lot of it is just the writing was was never focused there. It was much more plot focused and didn't really care about developing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a TV show, it would get a lot more time to develop that sort of thing, and it could be much better. Right. I haven't seen the movies since they came out. Like I, I think I've only seen one, and we ended up turning it into a drinking game. It was the fourth movie. We got super drunk because we turned it on right before the battle in the graveyard. And every oh. time they, we were like, every time they'd use a spell, we're gonna drink a shot, and that was a horrible idea. <laughs> um, we we literally could not pour fast enough, and we're just like, okay, just do sips. Like this is what we're doing. Um, we were ridiculous. Um, but I think I think uh, definitely as um what she said about the emotional depth of it but also as an as an adult every time I reread Harry Potter which I do at least once a year I I really get more and more and more annoyed at the characters because they're like kids and I'm just like I'm such an old person right now but I also get annoyed at the adults um but I do think that the movies kind of missed a lot of the point like like not that I like necessarily a hundred percent agree with it but there's a lot of studies that's been done that like if you read Harry Potter as a child you're more likely to be like aware of emotionally aware probably because you're just too busy yelling at harry's on emotional unawareness um (laughs) but like there's some sort of empathy that a generation of kids who all bonded over harry potter growing up have with each other and i think the the movies totally miss that and like you don't really get certain aspects of the movies you don't get like first of all i mean there's some horrible meme not horrible memes there's some memes that or Tumblr like screenshots that clearly show how Ron's character is super ridiculously underdeveloped in the movie. And like, yeah, you don't get that. He's been standing up for Hermione since really early on. And that like, I mean, their relationship still doesn't seem the healthiest to me. And J.K. Rowling has said that it's not the healthiest relationship, but like, that's also real realistic. But, um, like in the movies, like there are scenes where he's blatantly just like ripping on Hermione where in the books he's defending her. And you're just like, you yeah. need to redo this where, like, the characters are the characters instead of the characters as you think they should be in these movies. And I don't know. I just think if they redid it, I wouldn't be upset. I would prefer a different era. Like, I really appreciate Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find also Them. Also, the because, final battle. The final battle. Uh, done. <laughs> but um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them I like because, like, they're giving us a totally new story within the realm of the universe that we're very familiar with. And they're giving us a story that we're familiar with. Like, we know what happens with Grindelwald. We know he ends up in prison. We know that Dumbledore does not die. We know that certain people do not die. Like, it, it, it's really kind of nice to give us this prequel. But there are enough variables that we don't know so that we right. can be invested in this new story. 
and we can still enjoy it. So I'm hoping kind of that the Amazon series is like that. Um, just switching gears to another series, um, another <laughs> genre, superhero movies. Like we do not need any more Batman movies or Superman movies at all, ever. Um, <laughs> but like I'm Spider-Man, throw Spider-Man in, in there, movies. even though he's. I'm uh, I wanted to go into Spider well, Wonder Woman, like there she <laughs> we would I could use more Wonder Woman movies out there. I'm just putting it out there. But um we don't need one because it was really good. But um Spider Man <laughs> Spider Man, I haven't seen the new one yet. I know shame on me, but like the me movies neither. the first movies with Toby Maguire, I hate to this day. Like I still hate it. Like I hated them when I was watching them. They were so bad. I did happen to like the Andrew Garfield ones a little bit, but apparently everyone else hated them. Um, well, I enjoyed I only saw the first one, but I enjoyed it a lot. I really liked the first one of that, and the second one was like okay, like it was. They were much more enjoyable to me than Tobey Maguire movies. I'm happy that they did a Spider-Man that people kind of enjoyed and was a little bit closer. I, I read like closer characterization to like younger Spider-Man, so that's good, and like it kind of gave a new take on it. But like, if it wasn't part of the Avengers universe, I would be so freaking annoyed, and I am still kind of annoyed that like they were like, let's do another Spider-Man movie instead of like pushing forward Captain Marvel or any other woman. But well, I heard that like the reason they kept rebooting Spider-Man like so many times is because they, you know, they, they had to, in order to maintain the rights to it. I think it was Sony. Sony wanted to, to hold on to the rights so that it wouldn't, you know, revert back to, you know, wherever it is that rights go, um, when you don't have them anymore. And so they just, they had to keep rebooting it like within five years. Um, otherwise, um, they would lose control over the property. So that's why we ended up with so many Spider-Mans and nobody else had to do that with any other, um, superheroes because for whatever reason, Spider-Man had a different deal. Um, so, yeah, so like knowing the practicalities of it, I understand it more, but even so, it was like it's excessive. We don't need any more Spider-Mans. We could really use like I don't know, they're going to be doing now like Squirrel Girl and like you know, I I'm very glad that we're we're doing that. I don't know anything about Squirrel Girl. Somebody well, got me. Squirrel um, Girl is actually I kind think of been, it got canceled. Yeah. It got canceled? It it uh yeah. Who was supposed to do it? Um, the girl from the AT&T commercials was officially cast. I yeah, thought. no, they, they cast people, and then they I think it got dropped from the network, so now it's kind of nobody knows what's going on with that. It was supposed to be New Warriors. And oh, no, now I'm very sad. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but for me it's kind of like... like, you know, they did Ant-Man, and it's like... Again, speaking of, you know, things nobody asked for, nobody asked for Ant-Man. Like, who cares? Um, but... You know, it turned out to be, you know, a decent movie from what I understand, you know, and some people really like it. But, like, you know, there are plenty of things that, like, could be done, you know, sooner. And, like, yeah, it's very frustrating to, you know, keep watching, you know, all these male superheroes that nobody cares about get, you know, new franchises. And all the female superheroes just keep getting pushed to the back burner. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most frustrating thing to me. Like, if if it were, you know, if, if we had... I, I understand that Superman is going to be rebooted. I, I feel like Superman is kind of the the necessary exception, uh, you know, to all this, because he's he's Superman. He was the first one. Like, you know, it, it, it happens. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Superman and because, it like, these past Supermans are so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he's made such an impression. I, I get why people keep going back to that well. Um, Spider-Man and Batman, again, like, I mean, for me, I, I actually really enjoyed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. That was the first superhero anything that I ever watched, and I was, I was really obsessed with it for a while, um, in high school. And I didn't like the, the follow-ups, and I really did like the Tobey, uh, the, uh, Andrew Garfield movies. Um, like, the type of didn't like it that I was, like, laughing during most of the movie. Um... But I don't know. I thought that he and Emma Stone had much better chemistry than Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Well, sure. I mean, like, yeah, but it was... I, I just didn't like a lot of them. I thought it was really silly and whatever. But anyway... Yeah, um, but it's comic books. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen silly comic book done well, and I didn't think that was it, but... Thor! Uh, yeah, Thor. <laughs> but, but, like, I think, you know, if it was more of a, like, equal playing field, like, we had, you know, six Wonder Woman movies, and we had, 
you know, a, a third Captain Marvel movie coming out now and, you know, uh, and a Black you know, Widow movie, Black Widow movie and, and, and Black Panther and, you know, just a wider variety. And it wasn't the same white guys who kept getting rebooted every single Named time. Chris. White, white Chris. Chris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, it I think would have really, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I would have a different perspective, maybe not, but I just, um, yeah. So, so I think that, you know, for me, comic books is less a, a, a reboot issue right now, except for maybe the, the big properties as it is, like they need to find new things to do within the genre. And, um, Thor did that. Spider-Man to a certain extent did that, uh, the new Spider-Man, um, although again, it, it's kind of like such a difference by degrees that at a certain point it's kind of like, is it really worth it? Is this really, really, we're doing this? Okay. Um, but yeah, to me, it's, it's kind of more interesting to think about the future and like kind of like the inevitable reboot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And like at, at that point, I think we're going to hit like unca- uncanny valley area of like, we're not seeing anything new. <laughs> ever you know it's just just, I don't know I mean like right now you know there's there's so few female superhero movies that I feel like you know it's going to be a long time before those start to feel old you know if we ever get to them you know and then like once we start rebooting Wonder Woman and start rebooting you know assuming we ever get a Black Widow movie and you know then they reboot that you know um, it's going to take a while before those get old. Like, am I the only one who wants the dudes like, are going to some... get old very fast? But am I the only one who wants like some original content that's not like a super depressing drama? Like, whatever happened to old like? I mean, like, this sounds really stereotypical, but there's like no chick flicks anymore. There's no rom coms anymore. It's just like you're either a superhero movie or you're really depressing, and that's what the world is. And I, I'm know, just, I, like, feel, I feel like there are a lot of rom coms that still come out. You know, it's just. That's, you know, not so much my genre of movie that I'm, you know, interested necessarily in going to. I feel like they're more like raunchy, like either female oriented ones or male oriented ones. Like there's no like, you know, like 27 dresses anymore or anything. I mean, like not that that's the greatest I mean, thing I ever, but I did learn. Major? I don't think that's a major loss that there's no more 27 dresses like or, you know, all those, you know, Katherine Heigl type movies that she made. Because I was like, all the ones that I saw were eh. and yeah, and I'm kind of glad. Okay, that well, that's your opinion, but I'm saying that I wouldn't mind yeah. original movies in Hollywood nowadays. Right. I mean, so. I think I think what's interesting is that, you know, those kind of movies also not not my personal taste, but um, but they used to be and not long ago like Mm. every single year, you know, we were getting these regularly and now they have really fallen down. You know, we were, you know, a Nora Ephron style movie was, was like (laughs) a, you know, a a given, you know, at least, you know, at least every two years. Um, And now it's really not. And I think, I don't know if you guys saw the big sick. No, no. So you should, because it's It's great. Um, But it, 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 it is, I mean, I guess, I guess it's technically a reboot of, Kumail Nanjiani's life because um, it's based on a very true story um, and he plays himself in the movie but it uh, it's so refreshing to kind of see a, a new story with with characters we haven't seen before and we're not going to see again you know like there's not going to be a sequel it's good we're fine um, so I, I highly recommend uh, that movie um, for, for a bunch of reasons but also you know one, one of which is that you know my my very Jewish mother got out like totally feeling uh, like like a kindred spirit with Kumel Nanjiani's Muslim religious mom, um, which I thought was really beautiful in its way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there is something to be said that like studios are kind of even leaving off a lot of the of the old things that we would maybe have considered not necessarily like I don't know if if in the days when there was a rom-com coming out regularly every, you know, two months, we would have considered a rom-com super original, but it's true that, like, they weren't based on existing properties usually, or if they were, they were usually, you know, books that weren't, you know, super popular. And now we don't have that as much. 
We're still getting spy yeah. thrillers, though. Right, Kingsman, <laughs> I guess, is probably the most high-profile movie that's, uh, like, that's not a total, like, drama. Yeah. That's not, that's, What about like, Spy? Spy La La was Land. Really good. What's but that spy? was a while ago. Spy was good. <laughs> Weren't they supposed oh. to make a sequel to Spy? What's I spy? think they're still working on it, but spy, she's probably very busy. Spy was the Melissa McCarthy vehicle where she, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I that like. was kind of... It was sort of a romantic comedy, but also it was, you know, very much a spy spoof movie. Um, it was actually way raunchier than I was prepared for it to be, but... Uh, well, that's what she is. Yes. Like, she's like that. Yeah, but it was very funny. Um, I don't actually enjoy her movies because that... Yeah. I mean, I... I haven't watched most of her movies and I feel like most of them are not, you know, the type that I would actually enjoy, but I feel like this one took a lot of, you know, the things that she is good at and put them in a context where it, it had a good plot and good characters and it was satisfying. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're not like too turned off by, by <laughs> raunch, um, and you're, or if you're willing to trade that for like a, a really solid female character who definitely breaks pretty much every stereotype in the book um then i i would recommend spy um but yeah i i don't don't know like just turning back to to television i guess um is there anything that you guys feel is going to like uh, you know aside from harry potter like either streaming or maybe network that that you think has been done before and is just waiting to come back um, hmm, I guess I didn't think of that. But let me think. Oh, Charmed. Um, I was thinking of that before. Their reboot got a lot of flack because people really who loved the show were not really into the reboot's ideas. And I think that if they redo it now, they kind of have a better idea of what the older fans who are nostalgic for something are in the mood for. And so I'm kind of hopeful that they'll do it right. I know they won't, but I I do think that they have an opportunity. Like, the era of supernatural women-dominated shows on television have ended and kind of swapped it with, like, superhero ones like Jessica Jones and Supergirl. Um, and I think we could all use a little bit more magic in our lives. Hmm. So I'm just, like, <laughs> chilling for that. But also I do think that they kind of missed a huge opportunity, like, within a decade of the show's end date to pick up where the show left off with, like, the kids picking up. But now I'm hoping that they do the grandkids. They won't. But um, I think that... I've just rewatched Charmed for the first time since it aired and like in full and it, some of it didn't age well, but a lot of it is more like, yes, about the magic, but also about the sisterhood and like feminism and like relationships and stuff. And I thought that that's something that doesn't ever age. So if they kind of bring back that same, like kind of sex in the city meets like witchcraft, (laughs) it would work really well for people. Um, I don't know. I just think that that's one thing that like I was really attached to that I think has a lot of potential for to make a comeback and to be done right. I don't necessarily think that like something like Buffy would have the same thing, but also they're making Sabrina the Teenage Wish a horror thing. So maybe that's going to be our new Buffy. I don't know. I mean, I've heard rumors of, you know, a Babylon 5 reboot, which has been and the rumors have been going on for years. And I don't really think that it's ever going to happen. And I don't know if I really want it to happen, but I'd be curious if, you know, if anybody did reboot it, I'd be curious, you know, and I would and I would definitely give it a shot. Um, obviously, right now there's, you know, the new Star Trek series, but I haven't actually watched it because I don't have um, a CBS subscription and I'm really annoyed with them for putting it, you know, online only and not on their network because like, what is wrong with you? Um, but also then there's, then there's the Orville, which is kind of like a Star Trek reboot, except, you know, not under the Star Trek name. Um, and yeah, I can't really compare you know the the new star trek series and the orville because i haven't watched one of them but the orville is like it's really good at tapping into the classic nostalgia and the and the uh the types of episodes like there's you know the episode where you know the the shuttle crash lands on a planet and they have to survive in an odd character combination you know and interact with the natives and blah 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 and it's like and then there's the one where like there's something weird going on on the ship and, you know, and, and one character has to, 
has to deal with that. And then there's, you know, the, the episode where everybody is suddenly, you know, sexually attracted to everybody else and everything is going crazy and what is going on. Um, so like they, they take all the classic stuff and then they put their own spin on it and it's been very fun. Um, and yeah, I don't know if Star Trek Discovery is good at, at doing that. Um, or if they're, you know, taking it in a completely new direction. Um, yeah, I really have to watch that at some point, but oh, I'm so annoyed with them for not putting it on regular TV. Yeah, I watched the first episode when it aired on TV, and I, I don't really have track experience, so I can't really comment. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I enjoyed what I saw. I, I kind of like intended to watch the rest of it because I, I have somebody who was sharing their password with me. But um, yeah, it was, it was kind of difficult to seek out, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah. I think that's an interesting point about charm, Tamar, because, I, I, you know, a lot of, and I, I kind of want to make a similar point as, like, Will and Grace, which has come back recently. And I think that, like, there's a certain amount of, like, fixing, <laughs> you know, that, like, mm. they they do when um, either stuff is, is revived or rebooted. Like, there's a certain amount of, you know, I, I know Babylon 5 had some production issues, right, that, like, changed the story uh, and oh yeah, one of the main characters um, he developed uh, pretty severe schizophrenia and he was institutionalized. Oh dear. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when when people know the arc of a story and then like can you know it's almost like be be do it right except like do it the way it was intended to be. Mm. Um, yeah, I I think that's interesting. I don't I don't know if so, any I mean, of you guys are watching Will and Grace. I, I am. I I mean I uh, yeah I'm up to date with it. I think. I think that they kind of did a quick away with the finale, which was kind of sad because I actually liked how it ended um, to some degree. But um, like, I thought it was so cute that they just had their kids like, oh, but I thought that it sucked that they weren't friends anymore, but whatever. But um, Charmed, I wasn't really saying I want a whole like reboot. I want like a sequel more Mm -hmm. or less instead of because like, I mean, they can do it, but it would be weird if they did it. Just like the story was so long and so flushed out like I don't really need to see Piper Paige Prue and Phoebe like doing what they did again but I'm happy to revisit that world of magic because it's actually quite well ver like well explored to some degrees and some degrees it just like makes no sense um but yeah Will and Grace I think that they they're also doing like they're able to talk about politics in a in a really good way uh because like because you know Karen is so ridiculously racist and you know that like the guys are going to be talking about like lgbtq rights and like you know that greece is going to be just sitting there like i'm jewish and i think it's like really a perfect show to reboot for 2017 um (laughs) but i also feel like some people are missing or missing that from like people are just like oh it's just funny will and grace again sounds like an article you could write I don't think I'm a Will and Grace enough expert. The first episode of Will and Grace I ever saw was the finale. Um, but yeah, that that's actually the kind of reboot that I would like to see for Firefly. I know this is like the, <laughs> the contentious, you know, white yes, elephant. The patron saint of lost causes. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, I, I think it's officially way too late to do a Firefly reboot. Uh, you know what? That's what they said about Arrested Development. But true. We're still getting seasons. Absolutely true. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible nowadays. Then? Like when people are dead, it's kind of hard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shepard. I'm trying to remember what happened in Serenity. Um. Well, he died in the in the in the, in movie. the movie. Yeah. So they don't. That doesn't matter. But like, they, are they? Would you want a reboot that goes after that, or would you want a reboot that really, continues like, from that continues from where you were in the TV show? Not so, really. Serenity, like, I have is- a lot of issues with, but I also think that, like, um, Will and Grace, I don't, I don't want to ruin this for anyone if, who's going to watch it, but they just, like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a char- an actor who died, but they just gave a farewell to a character whose actor does not want to return to the show. And they did it really, really, really well. And, like, I feel like that if, if Firefly wanted to pick up post-Firefly before Serenity or forget that Serenity ever happened, um, then, like, they could do it. Like, they, they really just kept on, like, in the show, they kept on, like, referencing this character in Will and & Grace. And then they, like, then one episode, they're just like, 
we're addressing the elephant in the room in a big, big, big way. And it was so heartfelt, so, so good. And I really, 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 really thought it was great writing by the showrunners because it shows that, like, a revamp, you can do it without everybody who was a main character of the show. Like, it wasn't one of the main four, of course, which I, I think would be harder. But, like, honestly, Shepard's not, wasn't ever a main a main, 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 main character in Firefly. Like, he was always a side character. Like, he just wasn't. Yeah, like, you could I mean, do without certain characters in Firefly, and he was one of them. Well, so for me, I, I just... I mean, you again, like, they could they could continue it from, you know, that, that point. But for me, it would actually be, like, way more interesting to do, like, kind of a Legend of Korra type thing, except not, mm-hmm. not maybe, like, 80 years in the future, but maybe, like, 20 years in the future. Their kids? You know, it could be their kids, could be, like, a completely different set of people. I think it would be really interesting to explore um, the the Alliance side of things. You know, I think it is a really rich world, and I think that there's a lot of kind of political storytelling that could be be spelled out there, and, you know, maybe we could get our one space Jew back (laughs) for a second. (laughs) Um, But I I think that that would... Yes, but also, like, right now... Joss Whedon um, doesn't have a lot of goodwill, and I'm not sure, you know, who would be in charge and, like, I mean, what they would want to do with it. Listen, I, it's not it's not that I want to diss Joss Whedon, because I don't. But he's not the only showrunner in Hollywood. <laughs> and I know, but I'm saying it's his show. It is his show, but I also think that, He doesn't like, deserve it anymore. I, I think that there are a <laughs> lot of people who could, and a lot of people who have worked with Joss, who could take up the reins of Firefly, um, especially if it were in a, in a shifted context. Um, and, you know, like, and, and, and do it justice and make it, you know, obviously the fans would complain but, like, especially if it were, like, a female showrunner, you know? <laughs> like, not kind of a Joss clone, but somebody else. Um, I, I think that would be really interesting. Know, like, Dane Espenson, who wrote a lot of Buffy and yeah. has worked with Joss for many years. But Marty I Noxon. feel like she's busy doing her, her things right now. I, I mean, obviously, this is, you know, in an ideal universe where nobody is busy, you know, like, you know, Inara isn't on Gotham and Nathan Well, Gillian. so that's the thing. If you, if you do it in the future, you can do, like, The Legend of Chorus style where people come back as cameos as appropriate and available as opposed to like the story relying on that you know yeah but you have to invent a whole new cast of characters so, when, like that's great draw, feel a fire i know it, it would be great if you could do it well but like i feel like you know the main draw of firefly to me anyway you know aside from the universe being really interesting was that they had this amazing, you know, cast of characters who were like really well developed from the get go, you know, and like that's going to be really hard to replicate. And like when you had something like that, it just seems like a shame to, you know, to reboot it and, you know, only include those people as cameos. It's just going to make the regular the new regular cast pale and do it phenomenally well. Yeah, but I mean, there are a lot of talented people out there like I, I'm not. I'm not, not saying kind there of, are. I'm just saying it's it, you know even so it's very rare. Right, but I would know? I would rather have Firefly back. Like I think also people people who go into it, I I don't think that Serenity has that magic that Firefly had. I think that Serenity has a profound uh, hole at the heart at its heart and and is kind of a soulless creature. Um, yep. But whereas you know Firefly took off in my opinion because it had so much emotion and, and power to, to offer. Um, so I, I think that, like, I would rather have a Firefly story. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a Firefly super fan. I, I love Firefly and I really enjoy it, but I'm not a super fan um, as referenced by my, my comments about Serenity. Um, but I would rather have a good Firefly story set in that world with a different um, cast that I grow to love than, like, nothing you know I, I agree with you just because there were so many questions I still had at the end of Firefly and the end of Serenity and like I honestly also wouldn't really mind a prequel to see like how the universe got the way it, it did like honestly that's not what I really really want but like there was so much undeveloped ref like 
nods to things in the universe, and I just want to know, like, okay, fine, we know about the Reavers, but the Reavers didn't end up being such a big part of the later season mm-hmm. <laughs> of Firefly. Like, that's what Serenity was about, but I, that's not what I want to necessarily know about. Um, so I'm, I would... I'm yeah, just, I didn't really care, and I wasn't super surprised when I found out that, like, they were made by the Alliance by accident because of whatever, and I'm like, well, that's not surprising at all. Humanity. Um, but yeah, so I just really don't necessarily need another Firefly with the same cast because I just want to... I, I think that if they pick up another cast with some good, like, emotional mojo and good, like, interactions, then I'd be happy with that as long as I could kind of get, figure out what was going on in that world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but obviously, everybody's mileage is going to vary depending on how. Yeah, but they would have to absolutely and... need to address the, you know, one of the big problems with the the series um, that they had no Asian people in the cast. Yeah, and they were speaking in Chinese. You that know, was and so how crazy. like that just, you know, it would, it's basically like you know having them speak Yiddish but no Jews. You know, it was just like a lot of people were very put off by that. Yep, and I was messed this up. This would be an opportunity to correct that. Hard, hardcore, like hardcore. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, oh man, I'd love to see Kelly Marie, Marie Tran in that. That would be awesome. She's going to be in Star Wars, and she's completely adorable and amazing. I was just reading a mini interview with her in Time yesterday. It was a horrible Time magazine, but her interview was kind of funny. Oh my god! And, um, like check her out on Instagram. Apparently, she's a huge nerd and wore her Ravenclaw tie to her Star Wars auditions. <laughs> I love her. I know. Yeah, she's she's like one of my new favorite people. Like she she's on the Star Wars like Instagram for doing something, and she like opens her mouth and like starts talking, and I'm like, oh my god, kindred soul. You know, not to mention also really important representation for mm. uh, Asian Americans. And, and um, yeah, so that's going to be really exciting to see. But we didn't actually discuss Star Wars as reboots. I know. Isn't it weird? I don't even think about <laughs> it. But but we should, I guess. Well, I mean, they're not reboots. They're just sequels. Extensions. Yeah, but they they are they are reboots in the sense that they I mean they're they're not reboots that they're retreading the, the exact same ground. No, just like that's not what I was saying. They're, they're <laughs> reboots in the sense the that they are reinventing and and revitalizing a franchise that people I think thought was definitely over. Um, and you know, like every time I I think about Firefly coming back, I'm like, oh well, Nathan Fillion would have to lose a lot of weight, and then I'm like, well, Mark Hamill lost a lot of weight. Uh, and he's a lot older than Nathan Fillion. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really think of Star Wars in that way. It could just be my own bias, certainly. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm just, like, to me, the only, you know, real, you know, canon Star Wars for me, you know, is, you know, the original trilogy, and, like, everything else is, you know, it's fun, but it's, like, it doesn't have the same power. It doesn't have, you know, so it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's cute extensions and bells and whistles, but it's, you know, it doesn't feel, to me, you know, like, part of the same, the same thing. You know, it's a, it's a different, it's a different thing. What about you, Tamar? Any thoughts? Um, I think that it's, like, continuing an expansion, but at the same time, like, it definitely, the new ones were definitely driven by a sense of nostalgia that, like, people want a new Star Wars because, not because it's a new series or anything, but because it's a, it's part of Star Wars. Um, so it's not really a reboot, just more of a continuation, but it's definitely, the idea behind this continuation, I believe, isn't so dissimilar from what spurs many reboots to be made, which is... People want it because they're already familiar with it and they want something else from it. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. honestly, The Force Awakens is a new hope. So. No, it's not. Anyway. <laughs> um, so. Um, it's a reboot. We, uh, yeah. And on uh, that note, we end this episode of Nice Juice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's interesting, though, just in terms of, like, we are getting a lot more Star Wars stuff. Like, we're getting a TV show. We're going to be getting know. a new movie every year for, like, the rest of our lives. Yeah. Um, God, I hope our lives are longer than that. 
I don't know. They're, they they basically they're just gonna keep going as long as they keep making money. They're just gonna keep going uh, yeah. forever. Yeah, regardless of whether they have anything new to say. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, yes, the, those are those are pretty much our thoughts. I on still this. want my Princess Leia Disney Princess origin story musical. <laughs> you should it read the book. Did you read the book? It was it a musical? No, it's, it's a book. <laughs> I know, so it's not doesn't count. <laughs> um, well, it's a it's a pretty good book. Anyway, um, yeah, so that that is that is pretty much our. <laughs> our topic <laughs> for today obviously it's it's a huge one this is not going away we'll probably have more to say about it in, in the future maybe to uh, more specific effect but yeah let us know what you guys think do you do you think that star wars is a reboot do you want a charmed reboot do you think i'm insane for wanting a firefly restart ish thing continuation style thing um yeah tell us tell us your thoughts as always um, SM, where can people find you on the internet? Um, they can find me on Facebook and you can find my fiction on my Amazon page. Awesome. And Tamar? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tamar Wright and Billboard and Forbes.com. Ooh. And you can find me on Twitter at Ink as Rain and you can find my writing at Hypable.com. As for us, you can find us on Twitter at Jewish Fangirls and pretty much everywhere else on the internet Instagram, Facebook etc. Uh, at, at Nice Jewish Fangirls. Um, you can also leave us an iTunes review. Please, please. leave us an iTunes yeah. review. Again, thank you to Hadassah Please get in contact with us. Um, if you'd like to email us, it's NiceJewishFangirls at gmail.com And uh, as for Jewish Coffee House, you can find them on Twitter at uh, Jewish Coffee House and Facebook and oh. JewishCoffeeHouse.com. Tons of great Jewish interest podcasts and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We will also we might have a special interactive episode coming up, maybe. Yes, we are definitely planning this. Um, next, our next episode will be our twenty fifth episode, and I thought it might be fun to do a kind of interactive episode, which would mean that um, you guys, our, our our dear listeners, would call us at a certain time um, uh, on Skype, and of course, obviously, we'll have to work out some kind of amenable time probably sunday a, a sunday we will obviously let you know um probably maybe more morning time for the sake of like israelis and stuff i'm thinking we'll see we'll figure it out and we'll post it onto our social media yeah we'll figure out the the the, the you know details exactly but we would really love to talk to you guys um and yeah thank you guys so much for listening we will be back soon and Wait, I was about to say may the force be with you. I don't know. That's that's wrong. <laughs> um, live long and prosper, everybody. <laughs>